Let's look at Romans 15. So Paul is, Romans chapter 15 deals with um, some things that happened in 14. You know how Paul was telling us how we need to live our lives and not because we feel strong in something that we just decimate the weak people. And, uh, and, and we, we just think, well, if you're weak, you know, uh, then that's your fault. It's kind of like that. So he, he talked to us about that. And one of, uh, chapter 14 is one of the most significant scriptures in the Bible for me and for all of us because it shows us how to live out our Christian life. We want to do that. We want to do that well. So in, in 15.1, he says, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak or the weaknesses of the weak. He says, and not to please ourselves. So we're not to please ourselves. Well, well, they just need to get a life. Well, they just need to do better. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. He says, no, no, you know, give it up for, for Jesus and allow uh, that weak person to feel like you love them and they belong. He says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good. So please your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? Everybody in the world. So, so please his neighbor for his good. Leading to edification or building up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, uh, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So Paul says, Christ being God in the flesh did not, did not at all uh, please himself. So he lived a life that was pleasing to God. So that meant he had to go through some things. So that you, you and I will have to go through some things. And it, it's not like you say, well, they're going through all that. You lack faith. That's been such a misconception for at, at least since the early 70s. People think, I got faith and you need to have faith like me. No, those were probably rude people. More than likely, they were rude people, and they didn't have faith. They just had rudeness, and sometimes directness can be a, a virtue, but sometimes you are direct because you, you have a propensity to be rude. And so, so, but we need good direct words. We don't need anybody just going around the rose, what is it, Rosemary Bush, what was that? No, it's, uh, here they go, walking around the mulberry bush, mulberry bush. <laughs> okay. So, so Christ lived a, a godly life, and those who live a godly life will suffer persecution. They will suffer persecution. And so you're not undergoing persecution. You're probably not living a godly life. Or you may have just come out of some persecution or some difficulty, and God has given you some rest. All right? So he says, as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. So w when you look at this, the, uh, Paul is saying that, um, that those who hated God hated Jesus. Those who had no time for God had no time for Jesus. Th those who thought that God uh, was not what he, uh, there was no God or there was, God was not what uh, everybody thought he was, they, had, they, they thought, had the same thoughts about Jesus is what I'm saying. And so... Uh, Jesus says that everybody who didn't like you didn't like me. And what, when people who don't like God don't like you. That's why a lot of times we go to um, a, a schools or something and our kids are picked on. Sometimes even by, and I say this respectfully, but, but sometimes even by adults. They're, not, they're, they're, they're shorted by, by even sometimes adults because they just don't fit in. Why? Because some, that spirit that's in the world recognizes the spirit that is in you. 
And then, and Jesus, I mean, Paul goes on to say, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So he, Paul was talking to his audience at that juncture. He says, okay, he's talking to New Testament saints. He says, everything that was written in the Old Testament was written uh, for our learning so that we would become script, uh, spiritually educated. And he says, um, where am I? And, and that, that through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, uh, we might have hope. That we might through patience and comfort. So the scriptures, if you're understanding the word of God, you come, you're not bored, you don't get out because some, it, something took too long. You, you stay with it. He says, you will gain endurance. You will gain endurance. And, and when you gain endurance, patience means the ability to endure. So when we talk about patience, we're not talking about, oh, some beat down. We're just saying, man, you've got something of God in you. You can handle uh, the, the difficulty of the moment. Patience, patience. We all need it. And he says, and comfort of the scriptures. So the scriptures give us comfort. And so Paul is saying, and I'm going to add, just elaborate a tad on that. He says, in that, by doing so, we have something called hope. Hope, hope, hope. I remember uh, Elder Elliot, one of my, my, my brother in the Lord and brother biological, many, many, many years ago said, you know, everybody's keep talking about faith, faith, faith. He said, but we need hope. And I'm thinking, because I've been sort of a... a uh, sort of uh, affected by the faith message too, thinking, man, I need to do better, you know. And he said, we need hope, and I'm listening, and, uh, because this is what uh, he said, uh, something to this effect, that without hope, faith has nothing to go after. You see, you see, if you don't have hope, you don't have an expectation, so why have faith? So hope is your expectation that God will do something for you. And he says, when you read the scriptures, you'll find that God has done something for all these people. He'll do it for you. What he did for one, he'll do it for another. And what he did for the others, he'll do always. But I, who said this for you all. And then he says, now, now Paul, after he made this amazing statement, he says, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. And he talks about uh, that we will be like-minded for, for one another in being patient and, and comforting, etc. And then he says that you may be, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying is all of these amazing benefits come down from Jesus Christ. I'm not going to give you some of the witnesses, and if you go to, as I ask you to do, to go to uh, the Internet, you can find those. I think they were said uh, uh, clearly. And in verse 7, he says, therefore, receive one another. So Paul is saying, as a result of what I've said, receive one another. People don't always have to be alike, just like you. I mean, you, you might like to go to movies and, and see shoot them ups and I used to. I mean, yeah. you might like, uh, what is it called, uh, this, this martial arts fighting. It's called UFC. Okay, UFC. UFC. Some of y'all don't say yes because you don't want it, the church to know you watch it. I used to love to watch that stuff. I was saved and sanctified on my way to heaven, but I sure did like to see that stuff. 
And so one day I just got, we got a brother, he, who is a UFC fighter? And so we were, I think we may have been talking about it, and I may have said, well, you may have to ease up on that. You know, you may have to. But anyway, so, but I received the UFC fighter. I, I received those people who go to the shoot 'em up movies. I, 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 you said, I just didn't like the entertainment. I do receive them. I was one too. And people receive me, so I receive them. There's nothing wrong. So if that person has faith to go to the movie and say, that was a good movie, it was good entertainment, you know, who are you to judge? If God has accepted them. So, so God is teaching us how to live together in community. You see, we have to understand that we, we, the word community has to do with our common unity. Well, there's a common unity, a commonality we have with each other. So Paul is dealing with Christians about that. So he says, therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us. And the New King James says that. As Christ has received us. The ESV puts it a little bit uh, more on you, the individual. He says, as therefore receive one another just as Christ also received you to the glory of God. So it, it means you weren't fully perfect when God received you. Jesus received you with even your mess. And some of us had a mess, you know it. We may not have been out there, you know, committing adultery and, and uh, shooting people and cutting people and robbing people, but we had some attitudes. I see right now y'all going to be quiet on <laughs> He says, he was, Christ received uh, you to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God. Now he says Jesus came here as God. He was God-man, but he came... And, be, uh, and has become a servant to the circumcision, to the Jews, for the truth of God. To the Jews, who had, many, many of them had lost their way. He says he came to confirm the promises made to the fathers. And so Jesus had to undergo some things because they didn't want him. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. mercy. So, so he came to help Israel, and he came to help us who didn't have any idea who God was. Because you know, you know, if you're, if you're a Gentile, somewhere in your background, your, your ancestors drank blood out of the skulls of their enemies. And he came to help us. All right. It says, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So, so that's, what God, that's what God wants us to do, is to glorify God. Praise team, you come back. Is to glorify God for his mercy. I see the praise team didn't have much faith when I told them I wasn't going to be home. So I'm hoping to give them hope. I can't quit. So listen to what he says. And Jesus came to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Are you happy that God had mercy on you? I'm happy. Because death is not annihilation. We continue to live, whether with God or without him. And this is what he says. We glorify God for his mercy. And Paul says, as it is written. And he went back to the old covenant that, that you and I are going to learn endurance and, and we're going to receive comfort because of, of what God showed us in a picture in the Old Testament. Not just words, but we saw people's lives. I want you to go to, go to the, the website and listen to this, the, the first message. So let me read what God 
Paul says, as it is written. And this is what he says. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And verse 10, and again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Verse 11, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, laud him, all you peoples. Verse 12, and again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, speaking of the Messiah, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. You and I are hoping, our hope is in Jesus Christ, not in our abilities, but in who he is. And so Paul concludes this section by saying in verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, be rich in, in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And I want all of us today to have experienced Jesus today. Now, one other thing. If you have come and you came with somebody who loves Jesus, but you just wanted to accompany them to show them that you love them. If that is you today, if, you, if anything has been said or done, I want you to consider giving your life to Jesus because death is not annihilation. We live on afterwards. And once you belong to Jesus, you cannot... One of my coined words, unbelong to him. Once you are saved, you cannot be unsaved. You know, once you have, you, you have been, become a son of God, you cannot be unsunned. Because if something could nullify God's word, then we're all in a bad shape. Whoever could, that demon that could nullify God's word, then would become more powerful than God. But nobody is more powerful than God. That's why we call him the Almighty. Amen. I'll be back in a moment.